good. <laughs> did you record the burp? I did. That's oh, right, good, good, good. I'm glad you recorded the burp. Oh man. So Chris, this is our our first official episode that will be released. Can you believe that? I actually very much can't. Because <laughs> oh I feel like if we release that last one, I would have some lawsuits coming from a Mr. Uh, what is his name? Jr. Stop with the Jr. Slender. We're not going to start this first episode with slander of Jr. I love Jr. so much. You're going to fucking quit. Anyway, this is our brand new podcast. I am Miles Johnson. I am Chris Baker. And we love professional wrestling so much, in fact, that we're going to spend a lot of time just fucking talking about it. <laughs> Two white guys talking about probably the the whitest guyest sport there is. Fucking professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, outside outside of like professional like beach volleyball and badminton, probably badminton. There's a different. That's a it's like a class thing, right? Like badminton is a very <laughs> white guy sport, but like your dad probably owns fifty hotel chains, whereas wrestling <laughs> is your dad just got off the factory job and he brought home cores and you're wanting to sit down and watch Monday Night Raw with them. Oh man. So that's what we're gonna do. And Chris, do you want to do the honors of saying what the name of the podcast is gonna be? Yes. So the name of the podcast is going to be Then Now Next. Then now next so we named it that so i'm sorry to interrupt you we named it that uh because you know obviously playing off of the then now forever of wwe but also the format going forward we're going to try to keep but chris will definitely go off on tangents on how much he hates jr and i'm gonna have absolutely to reel, him, reel him back in just gonna have to reel him back in uh we're gonna start every episode with looking at a, an important match from the past it, whether no matter the company AEW, WWE, TNA, whatever, uh, an important match in wrestling history, because Chris, you're you're not new to wrestling, but you fell off and you're getting back into it. So I think it's yeah. going to be real fun to try to get your thoughts on these important matches that you. I think I think that list I sent you, you pretty much only watched one from bell to bell, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I <laughs> yes. I I did not watch a lot of wrestling when i did watch it and when i did i absolutely mm. did not watch any pay-per-views because that cost money <laughs> it's 60 dollars a pop now it's just 10 or like 9.99 oh oh i one of these days we'll go over how much they drilled the fucking 9.99 in to your head <laughs> whenever the wwe network first came out that's a fucking that's for another time anyway we'll start off with the then portion which is uh chris finally watching these important matches and then we'll go on to the now, which is what's currently happening in the wrestling world. Again, not particularly one company over the other, which me personally, I favor WWE over AEW. I'll get that out of the way right now. I think, Chris, you're the other way, aren't you? I am, but with recent uh, changes in some leadership, uh, <laughs> WWE is kind of starting to get back onto my good side a little bit. Awesome. So, yeah, it just no matter what what uh promotion or show or anything we'll even go into nxt we'll do some other shit you know we're just talking about wrestling because wrestling's the best thing in the fucking world right now and it's so hot and it's so it's it's white hot right now uh and then we go on to the next thing which is the next portion where we just talk about what we think 
the next plans are for certain wrestlers, the next storylines, where things are going to go, what we'd like to see in future pay-per-views, what we'd like to see, you know, anywhere where we just make predictions. And this section, Chris, is where we will, we will be probably about 90% wrong every time. Oh. <laughs> for me, 100% wrong. We are going to be so off off fucking base it's gonna be so hilarious when these release and then we're like oh shit we're fucking idiots (laughs) Idiots. (laughs) all right so uh i guess let's just go on and get straight into the then section chris what match did i have you watch and take notes on you had me watch the uh, CM Punk versus John Cena uh, back in 2011, the Money in the Bank match. Uh, I also watched the uh, the infamous pipe bomb and some vignettes before the match. Mm-hmm. And, and how, just before, I just want to get your instant gut reaction. Is it is it thumbs up or thumbs down match? And then we'll talk about it. Uh, a thumbs up for me overall. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed that match. Okay. So yeah, it is, it's one, I think it's a great one to start with because of everything CM Punk's going through right now in AEW. I think people, you know, CM Punk's always been polarizing and this was a pretty much the first, not the first time he's been polarizing, but this was like one of the eye opening things. It's like, oh, so there's things going on behind the scenes that suck, you know, for both sides. Uh, yeah, let's just get into it. I would I've watched this match probably a thousand times because CM Punk is my favorite professional wrestler and back in the day I used to hate John Cena because he was shoved down my fucking throat like mm-hmm. medicine I didn't want to take. But ever since the day he stopped wrestling full time, I was like, man, I kind of miss him. You know? <laughs> so it's it's just a good great match. I fucking love it. Um so I'll I'll let you Tell me about your notes and I'll let you ask me any questions and I will I will be here to bounce those off. Sure. I guess the first big one for me is in relation to that pipe bomb. Uh I I have my opinion on the the situation about that pipe bomb, but I I'm I'm very curious. I didn't look any information up afterwards. Um I think it's I think the whole process was scripted, but I think that there's definitely a lot of the points he made were probably real points that he had. But I'm I'm curious, do you know if it was like fully scripted, fully real, or like a combination of the both? It was a very good combination of both. In his after the pipe bomb released, there was a like a they WWE used to release uh, biography movies, you know, on every wrestler that was, you know, good at the time. And they made one for him. It was called Best in the World. And he addressed it in there to where he basically said someone gave him a script and he ripped it up and he said, you don't know how I talk. And then they came back and said something like, here, hit these points and then you can just talk. But also WWE made that and WWE to this day still wants to keep up kayfabe even though, you know, everyone knows. So there's really no telling. But it I think on Colt Cabana's podcast after he left and all this shit went down, 
back in like 2014. He did say that it was a mix. I think they gave him points to hit, and then they just said, you can keep going. I do know that the mic turning off was completely because they didn't want him to keep going. So that was real. <laughs> that was... Yeah, that was that was the big my first note on here is why did they leave that mic on for so long? Because I... there were definitely some points like the the very famous, uh, you know, this company will be better once Vince McMahon is dead and gone. That was the one I was like, wow, they're still letting him talk. <laughs> yeah. Like That's still that's still up there because there are a few things that I know about WWE as long as they haven't changed since I, I got off. But few of them are. Like when Vince was in charge, Vince, you know, he he liked to play into the asshole thing and he really owned that very well. But there was definitely a, a limit to it, I think, um, where you can't just outright say that you uh, basically hope that your your manager is is going to die. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know that there was a big thing where like WWE did not acknowledge any other promotions like at all like they would acknowledge ecw and wcw because they kind of like because they owned it yeah amoeba those in but like no one talked about tna no one talked about new japan no one talked about like uh any of the like the promotions in mexico outside of them just being a lucha thing so hearing him like talk about some other promotions and also he like destroyed the network (laughs) <laughs> he he mentioned like uh, just going off on USA uh and I was I was incredibly incredibly interested into like how much did they know he was going to say and then what were like the big things where they were like okay you'd got to stop <laughs> uh, I'm almost I'm almost positive he he pulled mentioning other promotions out of his ass, right? Because they, they, you're right. They for sure don't want you to talk about. Even to this day, they, they even they just call AEW like the piss ant company. Mm-hmm. For him to mention TNA and then to also mention Colt Cabana was a big thing, because Colt Cabana was in WWE and then I think he got released. I don't think he left. I think he got released and then he went to. Uh, tna i believe i could be wrong i think he went to tna so that was a big thing and then for cm punk to look at the camera and say you know hey cocabana how you doing big big f you honestly to it would be like it would be like uh bianca belair getting on there now and waving hi to sasha banks you know what i'm saying Mm, yeah it would be that kind of middle finger almost so it was a pretty big deal and the way he he brought up The Rock, I thought was pretty funny. You're not as good of an ass kisser as Dwayne. He's a pretty good ass kisser. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think Sam Punk made valid points in the pipe bomb because he you know he said I like you, John. I like you a hell of a lot better than I like most guys in the back. But the idea that you're the best makes me sick, and that's exactly how I felt. Like I said at the beginning, for all of John Cena's run until he stopped wrestling full time. And it it was a lot of people's agitation. It was, you know, the more you can relate, the more people get behind you, which is why we we can talk about it here in a second. He has the biggest reaction ever when he fucking makes his entrance. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And I'm in the same boat. Like I, I still to this day, I don't love John Cena. There's definitely moments of him. I love him on the mic. I'll say that much. I think he's with Dwayne, probably one of the best. Well, yeah, 
when no no thug life but um or word life i'm sorry uh his his promo skills are almost second to none i would say so there's definitely some great moments of him on the mic um that i really do appreciate but yeah growing up john cena was not my cup of tea <laughs> it's uh i was definitely more into the uh the weirder guys in wwe like i think at that time i really liked the boogeyman boogeyman was also like starting boogeyman. to come out or starting to leave i guess so john cena was just everything that i really didn't like so i, I definitely didn't didn't fuck with him that much and i honestly didn't know too much about cm punk at the time other than his pepsi logo tattoo yeah so, <laughs> his pepsi logo. i've kind of been on the the back end of learning everything about cm punk um oh we can have a whole episode about cm punk man (laughs) it'll be three hours long i can tell you (laughs) speaking of speaking of things that i want to know about cm punk did the term like for those moments because i'm sure they've happened before in other promotions and i'm sure they've happened before in wwe like back in the day but did the term pipe bomb yeah originate from Mm -hmm. from that cm punk moment Mm -hmm. yeah and so now if you hear any promos like you said they've been done before in the past but for someone to declare it a pipe bomb even if it happened before cm punk did it it is coined that way because of what cm punk did and he hates the word pipe bomb now (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's definitely some moments in aew where people have brought it up and it's it's fun watching his face um (laughs) but yeah i guess i guess moving on from the the uh, the pipe bomb back mm-hmm. in uh 06 uh whatever that month is um going up to i didn't watch any of the vignettes throughout the the like the weeks leading up to the match i just watched the compilation they had at the beginning of the match right before the match yeah that's all you needed yeah. to watch i i really don't punk has some interesting facial hair throughout the histories right (laughs) he's 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 done almost a jeff hardy type beard before he's like where they're just not connected right he's done the the scruff he's done the almost goatee now he's doing like the old hunter man uh facial hair in aew all of those all of those are better than that fucking porno stash he had in that goddamn vignette. He did have a porno stash in the vignettes. I'll just say it. I'll just ride off it, the bat he did. And it was I think the what's worse than that, thing for him. What's worse than that is you'll eventually see, I think in another match I'll have you watch, he had he had a mutton chops, like Wolverine yeah. Yeah, in like yeah, 2013, yeah, 2014. That's worse than the porno stash. <laughs> I I can see the mutton chops being like a weird thing to do for him. Um, but man, the, cause I mean, the porno stash is getting popular now in 2022, but to see like a guy who's like the best in the world and came from the whole, like I'm straight edge. That means I'm better than you. And to be like shown as like the most like professional, professional wrestler kind of thing. Like he is the best to have the ugliest fucking mustache. <laughs> Do you really, think the grease really takes- hair helped or hurt the porn stash? I think it probably helped. I think if he had any other hairstyle <laughs> with that mustache, I think I would think he is legitimately a creep that just got past security. I don't know because listen, if you if you instead of slicking your hair, okay, get hear this real quick. Instead of slicking his hair back, he slicks it to the side. And instead of black, it's blonde. Now he's Dexter Loomis. What you got to say about that? 
<laughs> I love Dexter Lewis. <laughs> he has the he's same thing cool, going on. He's such a cool looking dude. <laughs> he looks like every guy drinking like the worst IPAs in Austin, Texas. I love it. <laughs> okay. Oh, we got to get away from the face of it. Uh, all right, so let's get to the actual match. What are you, what are your some of your notes for this match? So, the first one is there's a sign in the audience that the camera shows immediately when the match starts, and I just need to ask because it's something I was never aware of and never cared enough to look up and didn't think I needed to. Does C does CM and CM Punk stand for Chicago Made? E- Yes and no. He gives a different okay. answer every time. He has also said it stands for Chick Magnet. Okay. <laughs> Chicago Made is a lot better, but every time he's asked about it, it's a different answer. So it's just whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. Okay. Okay. That was just, I, I remember like like the match, the, the bell started, the camera turned away, and there's just a Chicago Made punk sign. I went, holy crap. Um <laughs> So there was a moment in the match, you know, the beginning of the match definitely started very interesting because they started with like showing that they're both very evenly matched from the jump, um, mm. which was really, really nice. It's I, I don't like matches that are complete washouts. I, I think having like the legitimately like two equal competitors going against each other is definitely my preferred. But there's uh. a moment there's a moment in the match where I think Cena throws him out of the ring or like dodges enough to where Punk runs, like blows over the rope or something. And Punk stops and like legitimately like looks very happy clapping for John Cena. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know because that's the biggest thing for the match for me is like, you know, the match was really good. Like the, the reversals and the technicality, there were some botches in there that I see. I saw that were, Interesting to know that that uh, that one dude gave it like a five star match Mm. because he seems to be very picky about stuff like that. But the story that they told through it looked legitimately like Unk was really, really happy for John during a lot of it. Um, It was just him being an ass. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like he plays that so incredibly well. Like that clap and happy he's doing. He's basically saying, like, good for you. You're the top guy. You're supposed to be doing this kind of thing. This is supposed to. You're not surprising me by this. You know, ooh, good job. Of course you're the top guy, so why wouldn't you do stuff like that? That's, And, I I mean, you were right by saying the storytelling was great because it's the, it's the quote-unquote top guy versus the quote-unquote deserves to be top guy so they should be evenly matched and they were and it's fucking great but yeah it was just punk being an asshole a smug a smug fucking asshole that was him and it's great because that was the fucking character the whole time yeah it was it was solid and then in terms of like the actual match i i think this made me realize the fact that john cena's attitude adjustment is one of like the weakest looking finishers i've ever seen I agree, but this also, it does not shine. I will say, we'll get back to it. It doesn't shine a great light on the GTS either, but we'll get back to it. (laughs) Yeah, it's very, very true. But like, it's one of those, because I mean, you, of course you have like the, like the Batista bomb looks like it really fucking hurts. The GTS looks like it really fucking hurts, but you've got the attitude adjustment and like watching CM Punk be able to kick out of that. What was it like four or five times? 
just made me go well like how did how did anyone ever fall to this it's like the santino morella like cobra strike for me <laughs> yes. it's like how like that kind of just looks like they would just like pop back up i i'm, I'm sure because cena is very strong i have i've watched that man lift very large people um if he were to actually slam you on the ground it would fucking it would suck <laughs> and he's and he's doing he's doing his job and he's being a professional by guiding you to the ground right but yeah. it's just I didn't like the attitude adjustment ever since I first saw it because you could easily see that you could easily see where the cautions were. I don't know how else to describe it. Like obviously wrestling is scripted. Obviously you're holding back punches. Obviously you're not really doing these things to this person. You know, there are techniques and ways around it that makes it look like it hurts, but not. I feel like we shouldn't have to explain that, but oh my God, yes, we do. But <laughs> attitude adjust the attitude adjustment is just one of those that you can see you can see where the precautions are being taken. Kind of like the choke slam, right? The choke slam is awesome and cool, but you can sometimes you can see where the precautions are being taken, and it's just like okay, you know, it yeah. is what it and is. Some choke slams aren't like that though. Some are, but some are not. But the attitude adjustment is almost always, unless he's doing it on the stairs, then it looks <laughs> fucking wicked. That's or he's doing it to two people at one time. Oh God, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's one of the cool things about this match is like the cells in this match were probably some of the best cells I've ever seen. The best cell I've ever seen is that Xavier Woods and the Vikings that just happened recently. Yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> but like the cells in this match were phenomenal. Like there was a moment where Punk knees Cena to the face and it looks so legitimate. Like it looks like. John Cena legitimately got knocked out. And I think he catches to... him right on his fucking chin at one point. Yeah, the first GTS the one... catches him on the chin. And it's like a legit yeah. hit to the fucking chin. It's a botch. Yeah. It has to be a botch because there's no that's... way that they that's the plan is to hit him on the fucking chin. That's the only thing I could thought think about because even like the commentators, which Booker T was a commentator in this, and I have I love Booker T so much. Um, but it's so because they were like talking about the fact that like it looks like Cena got legitimately knocked out and like he like blacked out hit the hit the mat and then woke back up and it's one of those things where it could have it probably was a botch I can't imagine it wouldn't be but like almost every move that looked like it connected looked like it connected they're, I agree that's thing. one of my yeah that's one of my main thoughts every time I watch it I'm like man you just other than the fucking attitude adjustment you can tell that they're all you know <laughs> And like there were a couple like botches in there, like you know Cena, not Cena. Uh, Punk did a splash to Cena at some point, and Punk missed Cena, and like slammed half onto the mat and half onto Cena's like knee, mm-hmm. um, and it looked like that fucking sucked. And there was like a power bomb that didn't do great, like a reversal, but like every single thing, like looked like it legitimately happened. It's and uh, it's pretty great. It, it was definitely definitely cool, and I loved the drama to the kickouts. I thought for a little bit because every like big match has like way too many kickouts for me, in my opinion. Like they'll do like eight finishers, and the dude will kick out at like two point eight nine seconds. But Let's see, you sound like my wife right now. <laughs> for, for some reason, I mean that ha- that's exactly what happened to this match. But for some reason, the 
the the weight of punk walking out with the championship and you know when vince comes down the down the thing with the guy that sounds like a, a speaking spell yeah speaking <laughs> spell that's failing like <laughs> comes walking down there and cena's you know if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it this way kind of thing and like all of that drama that combined for it it's one of the few matches i've seen that that doesn't bother me um it really does add a lot of suspense and drama to it and at the beginning of this match, I was convinced because I had no idea what happened. I was convinced Cena was going to win. I was like, there's no way that they're going to let. That's CM so Punk interesting. Get this title. The outcome of it. <laughs> like, there's, there's no way CM Punk's going to win because I knew he had like a really long title reign. But I assumed that happened before. This and... was not where he started his title reign. The oh, yeah? 434 day. He loses this title shortly after and then he gets it back. And then that's when he starts his 434 day title. reign. So that's. If there's anything else that you want to specifically bring up in the match, a lot of my notes are things. <laughs> a lot of my notes are talking about uh, what sounded like Jerry Lawler saying stuff like right into the face of John Cena's neck and like that. It's a lot of my notes. <laughs> okay. okay, I have a few things to talk about the match. That one of them is it's a great match, right? One of the things that bugs me so much, and I don't know why it bugs me so much, is the fact that CM Punk at one point took his knee like knee uh, pad off, and that's supposed to make it more brutal, like that straight knee connecting to John Cena's temple whenever he does a GTS, and the announcers don't mention it a single fucking time. And I know it probably wasn't planned. It was prob- It was a really good improv, like improv by CM Punk to be like, I'm going to add drama to this by exposing my bare knee. Kind of like, you know, a bare elbow is a lot more than, you know, a lot more damage than an elbow with an elbow pad on it. And the announcers just did not back him up on his decision to make it seem like it was more brutal when he hit the GTS. Yeah. I wish they would have done that. That's one thing. Two, can't stand John Laurinaitis. John Laryngitis. (laughs) Can't stand him. Uh, And I... I like it. It adds to the story, you know, and I think without that segment, it would not be the same. But I also can't stand that the segment happened because while Cena did lose, they still made him seem like the hero because he said, no, it's going to end right. We're not going to end that match like this. It has to end the right way. It's like, of course, even though he fucking loses, he's still the fucking hero. You know, yeah, can't stand that. I I can definitely see the negative of that, but I also like I like the thought of that mainly because you know everything that happened in the match so far, like it was very even, and then it kind of started to shift. Like it was definitely CM Punk was going to win about like three quarters of the way through, and to see John Cena, you know, like in of course character wise kind of be like you know this isn't going well that's why vince came down that's why john came down it it to me shows the fact that like john acknowledged that it wasn't going well for him and still went through it which you know does does play the hero card but i don't think that they would ever at that point for john cena ever make him not the hero of the whole thing yeah and that's that's what i'm saying that's what makes it frustrating watching it now looking back on it obviously but i'm thinking back of when i i don't even i can't even think right off the top of my head how old i was in 2011 what was i 13 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 13-year-old me just going, of fucking course, man. Of course, they're still going to... He can't just lose. He can't just be a loser. Even when he loses, he still wins. And it made me hate him so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Another thing I wanted to bring up is probably the best audience interaction that has ever happened dude when they chanted you can't wrestle and then cm punk points to himself and then they go no and then he points (laughs) to john and then they all cheer and he goes well (laughs) (laughs) that was that was absolutely incredible and like it's the best and i'm sorry to cut you off but i just listen i love this man so i love cm punk so much (laughs) it it's that kind of stuff that he did in the indies he just this man knows how to work a fucking crowd. He did it with the uh the Straighted Society and it just it it dude, I can gush about just that for an entire <laughs> podcast episode. It's so great. He's he's definitely something and for the longest time up until very recently, I always took it as the fact that it's even in my notes in here is the fact that like punk can be a heel punk can be the bad guy and punk can be like the one that you know the company's like not wanting to promote or succeed or whatever but he still is always so incredibly true to the fans you know recent things might have shown otherwise but uh for that to be the character at least is incredible having a dude that can be a bad guy to the other wrestlers and then a good guy to the crowd is incredible did you like how afterwards how he left the arena? I thought that was so cool. His little blow a kiss and run away was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like and to like run through the crowd. Of course now it's not as interesting for me to see well, wrestlers now he'll break his fucking foot going through the fucking crowd. <laughs> but like it's not as interesting to me to see wrestlers come through the crowd anymore. I mean, we've had Shield did it. Um Yeah, and this is 2 years course, before the Shield. Yeah, and, you know, now John Moxley, that's the only way he fucking comes out or goes back is walking through the crowd. Like, it's not fun anymore because you know it's going to happen. But to see, like, Punk and have, like, the, you know, the whole backing of the story where he can't go back in the back, they'll get him. So he goes up and through the crowd and then up the stairs and out that way. And then you see him go through, like, the little breezeway where there mm-hmm. are other fans watching as well. It's, I loved that. I I mm-hmm. really really enjoyed that, and I remember watching it, and uh, just with my headphones on, watching it on my on my computer, and my girlfriend being in the other room, me going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad the match. I'm glad you got that invested into the match. It's really fun hearing uh, a perspective of someone who doesn't know because. I don't really, honestly, have a lot of people that watch wrestling, so obviously that's new to them. But uh, anybody I talk to wrestling, you know, I, I talk about wrestling with, they know the outcome of this match. They know what happens, so it's nothing new. It's really fun hearing your first impressions on this match that's, what, fucking 11 years old? And you're yeah. still so invested in it. It holds up. Do you want to hear a quick fact about what happened after that match? Yes. CM Punk went back to his uh, house and he threw that title into his fridge and then went to sleep. <laughs> Real life fact. He said he threw it in the fridge and went to sleep. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to move on to the what's happening now section. Uh, 
Chris, do you want to <laughs> do you want to say your little slogan you said? Uh, yes, and I will do my best to uh, do the exact same way I did it. Sure. <laughs> We've been then. Now we're now. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you lead it off because I'm just gonna be honest with you. Uh, I've been a little preoccupied and I haven't been as caught up on wrestling as i should be for this podcast and since it's the love of my life other than my wife <laughs> um but i have watched a few recap videos uh big shout out to what culture wrestling because that's where i get a lot of my recap videos from <laughs> free plug it, it's it's a very good i use it to form my opinions <laughs> we just need to have simon miller on here <laughs> uh so yeah, you you go ahead and take it away. Again, this is this is any um, any wrestling promotion that you want to currently talk about, any show, any no matter how small or big they are, any storylines, just what's going on now that you find interesting, that you hate, that you love. Tell me about it. What's going on? Triple H has made incredible decisions. Um, mm. I'm still not a huge SmackDown guy. Um, I think SmackDown, SmackDown is still guy. the 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 lesser of the two for me that's where um, my tribal chief two. lives <laughs> <laughs> but every monday since SummerSlam, raw has been on point i mean SummerSlam also was incredible but right now i'm loving the returns um you know you've got the the bailey faction which is incredible to see them back uh, all mm. of them are incredible um johnny gargano johnny gargano is back and johnny gargano is starting to feud with austin theory and i love that because fuck that little man um i just feel like it's back into the stories like the stories are good the feuds are good now if we can just get rid of the shoosh guys i think i'll be all for it oh you don't Um, like you don't like gable and um otis i love gable i love otis I would love Otis to be back how Otis used to be. <laughs> when he was with Tucker and dancing yeah, all over the place. I have seen almost every Otis and Gable match. And I don't think I've seen Otis do anything. <laughs> like, it's just Gable yelling shoosh. Like, that's, that's the whole that's thing. Very, yeah, that's very understandable. I see where you're coming from with that. But like, um, Yeah, go ahead. Dexter Loomis is back. And not Fucking only love is Dexter, Dexter Loomis. Not, <laughs> not only is Dexter Loomis back, Dexter Loomis has kidnapped the Miz, and he has rekindled his love on NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which means that Triple H is continuing that right? story. Yep. Uh, she was sitting in the on the outside of the ring, saying like, you know, all of these people have moved up into bigger things, and they're doing so much better. And I'm the exact same. Nothing has changed. Nothing is ever going to change. This is rock bottom. And Dexter Loomis comes out of the back and carries her off away. And, you know, then he gets taken away by police. But it's the first time he's, like, willingly gone with police as well. So I am so excited to see what they do. I'm hoping this is an opportunity for them to bring Indy up into one of the main rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we're touching into the we're touching into the next category here in a minute. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But like Dexter Loomis is back, which is incredible. Joey Gargano is back, which is incredible. Um, Karrion Cross is back, which is insane to me. 
Carrion Cross. And he's old Carrion Cross. He's not he bondaged Carrion Cross. <laughs> he has hair. <laughs> <laughs> but Carrion uh, Cross, when I l- stopped watching, like officially, not like no longer kept up with it, didn't Google anything, didn't pay attention to Twitter. Carrion Cross had the coolest entrance to me. And that's the only reason I liked Carrying Cross. I didn't care about anything else that man did. Uh, so to see him back is incredible. The what is it? The Maxim models are back. Um, mm, I can I can take her. <laughs> I can take her. Leave these. Wrestling has to be goofy, like Simon Miller says all the time. Again, another plug for WorldCulture.com. Uh, wrestling has to be goofy because in its in its nature, it's fucking goofy. Like, if you really look back on it, what the fuck is a Jake the Snake? You know? Like he just carried <laughs> yeah. a fucking snake around. Hacksaw Jim Duggan carried a fucking two-by-four around. The Bushwhackers, what the fuck was that? It's awesome is what it was, but it was fucking weird. And goofy. But this is... I don't know. We talked about it in a test episode. Uh, It's geared towards kids. You know, this is a thing for kids most of the time this is one of those things that's just real fucking goofy and you can tell it's like this isn't for me you know i'm glad i'm glad uh i don't know i think his name was t-bar in retribution i'm glad he's doing something else other than fucking retribution retribution is the worst faction i can't physically think of a faction that i hate more than retribution fucking bad i'm i'm glad they're gone yeah um no more what, mess. What what else is going on? And uh, do you want to talk about the fucking CM Punk and John Mox thing, dude? Since we talked about CM Punk a lot already on this podcast, I have so many thoughts about that whole situation. Let's let's fucking get into it, my guy. This is what this is fucking for. This is the now segment. Let's talk about what CM Punk is doing now. I. We'll preface this saying I love John Moxley so much. I think John Moxley is probably not included in the old guys. I mean, I know he's an ex WWE guy, uh, RIP Dean Ambrose, but um, uh, he's probably my favorite now wrestler. Because I mean, you know, CM Punk still wrestles, uh, maybe right now. Uh, but Jericho he was, wrestles. But he's considered a then wrestler in yeah. your mind. Yeah, I mean, John Moxley is, he hasn't retired. He stepped away a little bit, you know, alcoholism and stuff. He had to take his time, which is, I'm so proud of him. Um, mm-hmm. Great, great job doing that. But he's he's probably my favorite current wrestler, right? Right around Seth Rollins, in my opinion. So I love John Moxley. However, both, both Shield guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love both of them. Um, however, that match between him, him and him and CM Punk was the worst match I think I've ever seen. Um, it was a squash. It was it was five minutes. I think it was three minutes actually, of you know this huge buildup of you know CM Punk's been gone for months. No one knows when he's gonna come back. He comes back randomly, putting all of his weight on his foot, looking great. Um, and he John Moxley comes out like the whole show before CM Punk comes out is John Moxley talking about the fact that like, you know, I don't like when you say interim, I am the world champ uh, kind of thing. And then CM Punk comes out, they have their little uh, nose to nose push battle, which uh, a reference to John Moxley's other 
title reign right now in the GCW, mm-hmm. um, where John Moxley for some reason keeps kissing people. Um, <laughs> He's a fucking uh, freak, CM, man. He's CM a wild punk. Thing. <laughs> CM Punk pushed up against John Moxley, and John Moxley gave him a little smooch. <laughs> and it was it was very funny to me, but like this huge buildup. The only other thing in AEW I think that's been built up this much and like had this much enthrallment in it. I mean, of course, the Jungle Boy Christian Cage thing is crazy, but um, was the CM Punk MJF feud? Yeah. So th- this is this is huge for uh, AEW, in my opinion. A big unifying match. You know, they're finally going to figure it out. No one thinks that they're going to let CM Punk lose because you know he never got to defend his title. Uh, the whole thing about CM Punk is the fact that. He never got the attention or the uh, admiration he deserved in the WWE. So he's in AEW and he's the top guy or the best guy in AEW. And then some stuff came out. Some some backstage stuff about uh, CM Punk not being happy. Um, CM Punk uh, threatening to quit if he loses. Um, CM Punk... Uh, fighting with other people backstage and you know with AEW it's hard for me to tell what what's real and what's not because mm. Tony Khan is such an interesting guy anyway he's he's on too much cocaine for me to be able to understand what he's actually saying so um i mean we're we're still pretty sure that in the MJF thing is real but we don't really know um so it's, i like to think it was it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting thing but that comes out and then they announce that the CM Punk John Moxley match, which was for the pay per view that's coming up, is now just going to be on an episode of Dynamite. So we're all like, "Well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why would you have like your your champion coming back? Your interim champion uh, is 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 defending that title, and the CM Punk is defending his title, kind of thing for unifying. That would be a perfect main event for the pay per view. Now it's just a regular Dynamite match." And it's not even a main match. It's not. It's just. It's a mid card match. And John Moxley comes out doing his wild thing thing. People are hype. CM Punk comes out doing his cult of personality thing. He doesn't jump in the crowd this time. Um, and then it's from start to finish, from bell to bell, John Moxley beating the shit out of CM Punk. And. It's not even close. I mean, it's done in three minutes. And the last time I think CM Punk did some hinky shit uh, and kind of like bit off a little bit more they could chew because, you know, CM Punk also did the hangman page call out, which wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to happen. Cowboy. And they're, <laughs> they're, they're pretty upset about that, it seems. Um, I think that this is AEW's way of saying, hey, if you don't have us, you can't go anywhere else kind of thing. Cause now we own ring of honor too. So I think this is a way to keep CM Punk in check because there's no reason that, and CM Punk acted like he was injured, but he didn't use the foot that he injured, but he grabbed onto the foot that he injured. So he injured his left foot, I believe. Um, he kicked John Moxie with the right foot and then grabbed his left foot. So, I think that that I don't think he's really injured. I think this is a a way of Tony Khan being like, "Hey, we get it. You're popular, but 
but you can't be doing out. you can't do we can't have another one of these like you get one in your career and you've done it already um which pertains to what we talked about in the then section this is <laughs> this is exactly very pertinent yeah um exactly it's it's so interesting i'm happy john is champion if it wasn't going to be cm punk i'm happy it's moxley i think Mox oh it's is a incredible. very good choice very good choice yeah it's just it's it's it, the whole situation is very interesting and i'm very curious about what's going to happen with it i have a very lame answer for you that is very anticlimactic if you want to hear it mm-hmm. the rumor mill is that cm punk was not medically cleared for any wrestling let alone the pay-per-view and I think he either re-injured his foot or the fact is that he was not going to be medically cleared for that pay-per-view for All Out. So they needed to make it to where it's storyline why he's not able to be an All Out. I think he came back, returned, thinking, okay, I'm not medically cleared now. Uh, this will be fine by time. And then, nope you're not medically cleared and no matter who you are or how badass you are, if you're not medically cleared, the network's not going to put you on TV because that's so much of a fucking liability to a lot of people. And I think this was this, this was damage control for uh, an ambitious and wishful thinking CM Punk thinking that he could be medically cleared in time for all out. He was not going to be, so they needed to, give a storyline as to why he could not be in there so he quote-unquote re-injured his foot uh see like that's that's, that's so disappointing and most of the time that's... when it's disappointing i told you it's very anticlimactic but the rumor mill i get a lot of my rumors from uh a few places on twitter and i'd say about 98 percent of the time they're legitimate like when sasha banks and naomi walked out when uh uh, Vince McMahon retired and all that stuff. I f- that was circulating a couple days before the actual announcement, and I saw that CM Punk wasn't medically cleared, and so I think that's the more disappointing and not very interesting reason as to why things went down the way they did. However, I think you are right because just because he wasn't medically cleared, they could have had it to where they had a normal match. He hurt his foot, and the match was called off, or he lost. The fact that it was a squash match like it was definitely was them telling CM Punk to chill out. I think that is correct. I think I think it's both. I think yeah, you, I, I think there is some what you said. I think that is sprinkled in there. It has to be. Yeah, because I mean, I like don't get me wrong. Coming back, Punk is definitely someone that I have I have gravitated to in like some like one of my favorite wrestlers. But there's only so much that you can do in that vein of stuff before I personally get tired of it. And to see him do it, you know, watching this money in the bank match, like that was incredible. Cause you know, WWE is the biggest promotion stuff is always perfect in WWE. So it's nice to see when it's not, mm. but a AEW, in my opinion is just an indie pro promotion with cameras. Like that's, that's all it is to me. And I think that's a great thing for it. I think it needs to strive for that. You don't see it um, as like WCW was back in the day. You don't see it as no. legitimate competition. No, for I don't. WWE? I I don't now. I think it could be, but I don't. Competition is healthy, but I feel like AEW can fill a gap that WWE can't fill. You know, WWE has I AEW has a huge roster. WWE's is absurd. 
Um, they have four promotions, like four shows. A, a WWE has one of them. I think is going away. I think NXT UK is going away or gone. No, I think um, I think it's gone, and then it's coming back now that Triple H is, yeah, in charge of it. They're so, wanting to shoot for twenty twenty three, but yeah, they're about to have more show. I mean, they're they're huge. It is the company of companies in professional wrestling, but with that, you can't do some stuff. You can't have the brutal, like insane matches anymore. You can't have. You know, Jeff Hardy jumping off the top of a fucking ladder. Um, you can't have people literally dripping blood that's thick as like like motor oil off of their head the entire match. Like you can't do that stuff on USA Network and stuff. So um AEW to me, I, I always look at it as WWE I watch for the story and AEW I watch for the match. I could not care about the stories in AEW nine times out of ten because they're corny. Um, yeah, I agree. I will agree. That's a very good way to put it. I've always said that it's like that. I don't. You get what you don't get from one company, you get from the other, and then vice versa. What I don't get from WWE, I get from AEW. Then vice versa. What I don't get from AEW, I get from WWE. So there, AEW is very supplemental. But I find it very interesting that you don't see it as legitimate competition. That's very interesting to me. I just I think it might be the fact that and you know there will be a lot of times that i mention this and reference this because i think it's one of the best i i I think cm punk's pipe bomb is really really cool i think the mjf pipe bomb for me is cooler Um, because it's edgier yeah it's way edgier and it's it was nuts and for it to like happen and then mjf just disappear off the face of the planet until very recently Uh, and tony khan (laughs) refusing to acknowledge that mjf exists in interviews or panels like and none of the wrestlers are allowed to talk about him like it's very interesting to me and i like the whole dynamic of it i think mjf is coming back at the pay-per-view but you know whatever um but like that pipe bomb really pointed out something i think to everyone and i think it are you talking about MJF's pipe bomb? Yeah, it is. Okay. I am. I think that at the moment, I thought it was a good thing for AEW, but looking back, I think it's a real bad one. Because everyone knows that AEW is primarily ex-WWE guys. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of their thing. I mean, even their, like, uh, their backstage, like, microphone, like, interviewers are, like, Mark Henry and Big Show. Like, it's insane. Um, and I think that that to me makes it not a competition that to me makes it a place where these guys can't do what they did in WWE anymore for whatever reason, either they don't want to or Vince fired them or whatever. And now they're doing it for AEW. Well, and counterpoint, I, would that not be the same thing that happened with WCW? It was a lot of ex WWF guys like Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash go into another company where they can do different things that they weren't allowed to do in WWF. It would be if WWE or WWF acknowledged AEW. Um, for, cause that is had the Monday, you had the Monday night wars. Yeah. They even had DX go on a tank, which isn't a tank. It's actually a Jeep with a cannon on it, but they had yeah. DX invade WCW. They don't like you mentioning AEW at all, which in my brain, makes it seem like it's more of a competition than less of a competition that they don't want to mention it. I can see or it maybe from that it doesn't. Act. I don't know. 
I can kind of see where that that line of thought goes, but I it to me it's positioned as AEW is scrappy little brother that wants WWE to pay any amount of attention to them. Okay, um, that's fair. That's very fair. That's actually a very fair <laughs> statement to say. <laughs> Uh, real quick, I think everyone who's listening should know how big of fans we are of Danhausen before we move on to the next segment. Um, love that Danhausen. Love that Danhausen. Um, our main goal for anyone listening is to eventually get Danhausen on this podcast. So any, just keep sharing it. Do what you can. We're gonna all all two of you who are listening. One of them's my wife, just to support me. The other one is me. She, uh, <laughs> I'm not even listening to our own podcast. <laughs> all, all, all two of you, I, I really need you to somehow work some magic to get Dan Housen on this podcast. I couldn't fucking, I'd, that's our end goal, right? And we can only go up from there, but it, listen, that's it, Chris. This is what we have to do. We have to get Dan Housen on here and we're going to have him watch a wrestling match and we're going to talk about it in depth is what we need to do. <laughs> we need to, that's our goal. Listen, Mr. Uh, Daniel Housen, um, I also like toys. Um, oh, me too. We are both big if, toy collectors. Um, I've noticed that you are currently looking for some uh, uh, some Spawn figures. Um, we could have a chat about that. I, You and I can take over this podcast for an episode, and there's okay. no wrestling involved. Okay. It's just, okay. it's just well, on, on card. Well, hold on now. <laughs> Oh, hold on now. That's not very nice of you. That's very evil of you. I don't like. <laughs> we love that Danhausen, and we are, and we really want Danhausen on here. So anybody who listens to this, it, one, thank you, and two, share it with Danhausen. <laughs> and three, hopefully it will go better. Anyway, Maybe. what do you mean go better? Is it going bad? What are you talking no, about? No. Well, you know, it's like. You always it's start the first somewhere. Episode, so you know we're on the ground floor, and this CM, is the fucking CM elevator. Punk, CM Punk was once just an indie guy that no one cared oh about. God, don't and don't now you, everyone loved him. Stop. <laughs> and now he has made it to a a segment at the opening of this lovely podcast Stop. we're doing. Um, no, I was fixing to say you you say something about it. Um, <laughs> I won't take. I will not take Jr. Slander on here, and unless. <laughs> Unless CM Punk leaves AEW for the same reason he left WWE, I will not take CM Punk slander. <laughs> um, I want to move on to the next section because I, you told me a theory about what you think is going to happen at Clash of the Castle that I want you to explain to people about the theme song of Clash of the Castle. So, for those of you who... Don't pay attention to the bumpers on Monday Night Raw. Um, if you just, like I generally do, just fast forward through that until you get to something that looks like a wrestler. Um, you might have missed the fact that the theme song for Clash of the Castle is done by a band that has a very interesting history uh, in the WWE in terms of like, you know, just kind of existing in the background for some reason. Um, and that band is called, once I find it very quickly, because I've completely forgotten, Our Lady Peace. And the thing that's interesting about that is 
they started off as the band that did Chris Benoit's theme song. Uh, Chris Benoit was a wrestler who, um, you know, somehow it's a polarizing thing, and I'm I'm not going to get into it too too much, but uh, is no longer with us because he, as far as everyone knows, you know, it's not been 100 percent done anything about interestingly enough but uh uh killed his wife and son and then killed himself um and w- one of the top prospective talents in wwe at the time um, was a main Wolverine. yeah was a main card guy was loved by everyone pretty much um so he did their themes uh the already piss already piece We'll cut that one. Um, I no, I don't think we will. <laughs> um, our, our Lady Peace uh, did, did Chris Benoit's theme It was song. so sincere and serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so they did, they did Chris Benoit's theme song. They weren't a huge band by any means. Uh, they were kind of relevant in the 90s. I mean, people, uh, they still make music now, obviously, but people pay about as much attention to them as they pay attention to, like, Radiohead. So, I mean, like, their concerts still draw on a, ho- a huge crowd, but the crowd is, like, 45 um, minimum. So, no one really heard anything from them in the, the wrestling world for a long time because they were, unfortunately, associated with Chris Benoit until a Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast episode came out with Cody Rhodes. And uh, for those of you who've listened or watched the Stone Cold podcast, it uh, they talk about wrestling a little bit. And then Stone Cold legitimately seems like my grandfather on the front porch talking to neighbors where he just wants to get to know them and like know what they're doing in their day to day. So they started talking about music that they're into. And Cody Rhodes very vehemently was like, my favorite band is Our Lady Peace. And then like Stone Cold's, what? <laughs> yeah, what? My, what? Um, but like, so that's the first time that they were mentioned in the professional wrestling world since Chris Benoit. And people kind of went, well, that's an interesting thing for you to say. And then didn't think anything further for it. Uh, of course, we now know that, you know, Cody Rhodes came back to WWE from AEW. Thank and then, God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, had the big, the pectoralis issue in the in the Hell in the Cell match, and you know, then he he's gone, he's off. Um, you know, injuries and recovery and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Came out that uh, on one of those bumpers on Monday Night Raw that Clash in the Castle is gonna have their theme done by Our Lady Peace, and. I, I'm not alone in thinking it, but it's definitely a small group of people that are thinking it that, you know, Cody Rhodes been out for a while. You know, a pectoralis tear is pretty rough, but it's not something that is impossible to come back from. It happened to Dwayne Johnson and he came back pretty quickly from it, honestly. Um, and Cody Rhodes is a healthy guy. He's really in shape. He's got, you know, enough money to hire you know uh, a good rehab person and good like trainers so you know he's he's definitely not lacking on that front 
And this would be right around the time when Clash of the Castle comes up as to when Dwayne Johnson made his next appearance after he tore his pec muscle. So the timeline for recovery is pretty even. So there's some thoughts that, you know, this might be WWE's way of kind of like hinting at the idea that Cody Rhodes is going to come back uh, at Clash of the Castle. And of course, that blows into a whole bunch of other uh, theories of the fact that, you know, when Cody Rhodes came back, he said he came back because he wants to be WWE champion. He's he's not. That's one thing that he wants to he wants to climb that mountain. And Roman Reigns has been champion, in my opinion, for too damn long. Um, that's my tribal (laughs) chief you shut your mouth (laughs) so i think that this is a great opportunity for cody rhodes to come back uh be in the spotlight and have something to do with the uh with the wwe championship either start a rivalry or start a feud with roman or if theory ends up taking it with the money in the bank then maybe starting a feud up with that which i would love to see because i would love to see cody rhodes just beat the crap out of theory um but yeah, it's definitely an interesting turn of events for the only two times since Chris Benoit for this band to be mentioned is from Cody Rhodes and for a pay-per-view. That he could potentially make a return at. Exactly. It's it's a very, it's like, it's almost tinfoil hat level of theorizing. Oh, it's very um, fucking close to tinfoil hat level. <laughs> Very but it's, it's one of it's one of those things where like if it were hap- if it were to happen, I could see these being like little seeds, but I could also very easily see this being that Triple H is like, hey, you know what band kind of fucking slaps? Our Lady Peace. You know who well, just yeah, dropped Triple a new H- album? <laughs> yeah, Triple H is known for having a pretty good music taste. Honestly, uh, I don't like Our Lady Peace, but it's you know neither here nor there. When I. When I think, and this is going to be basically every episode, uh, when I think about what's going to happen in WWE, I kind of have two ideas behind it. One is what I would like to see, and one that would make the most sense, like, if I was working at WWE-wise. I would love to see Cody Rhodes come back this fucking second. It doesn't even have to be, if he just said, hey, I'm going to be on fucking I'm going to be on Friday night smackdown tomorrow. I'll be like, "Fucking let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's let's do it. I fucking love it." Business sense-wise, I think you're going to be missing out on one of the biggest pops, one of the loudest crowd reactions other than his return at WrestleMania if you don't have him become a surprise entrance at the Royal Rumble. That is an entirely too long of a time to wait because when's the Royal Rumble? January or February? I think but it's, it's February. also it's also not that long to where it's not feasible you know but on the other hand it's so weird god you can't there's so many predictions you can make with just even a a rumor of someone coming back this is their first big uk pay-per-view in so long and whenever they do first for pay-per-views in other countries or anything like that they make a big deal out of it i remember when one of the best ones they did i forgot if it was no, it wasn't SummerSlam. It was some it was some it may have been SummerSlam. I don't know. They did one in the UK and they made a big deal about how the British Bulldog won the championship and that was their big thing. That that to solidify that it was a legitimate pay-per-view and just because it wasn't in the states doesn't mean it's not legitimate. So they could for sure have Cody Rhodes come back to make this pay-per-view a legitimate, you know, pay-per-view because it's outside of the states. But I just don't see where he would fit in 
because would he continue with Seth Rollins or would he interrupt or, you know, interfere with the Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns match somehow? Because if he did, I find that very out of place because if he did that, then he at first before he fought Roman Reigns, he would have to fight Drew McIntyre because Drew McIntyre is going to be mad that it happened. And then he's going to have to fight Roman Reigns. It feels like a very roundabout way to get him to the WWE championship i think the most direct way and the most you know just just the best way possible for viewing wise would be to just have him come in and win the royal rumble that's a direct ticket to roman reigns because roman reigns is going to keep this championship until wrestlemania i just want you to know that and i want you to know that he can (laughs) always sit at the head of my table no matter how you take that phrase he can always sit at the head of my table (laughs) i think that they're there are two possible returns for me at Clash in the Castle. And I want to, I, I haven't talked to you about this, so I'm going to get your immediate opinions on them. I'm going to start one that I think I can tell you exactly when it would happen and exactly how it would go down. And the other one is wishful thinking, but it's very possible. Can I um, hear the wishful thinking one first, please? Absolutely. I think Paige is going to come back. Oh, that's, that's really out of left field. So here's tell, the thing. Tell me. Tell me your thought process, please. I'm dying here. So Paige, uh, released by WWE, uh, she is one of the most prolific British female superstars. I know some people would say Becky Lynch is up there because, you know, Irish, but she is from the Republic of Ireland. That is not the UK. As an Irish my, uh, Irish ancestor myself, that's sacrilege. Um Paige is probably the biggest one from there. We've had a ton of returns in the female, uh, the female roster, and Triple H is putting a lot of effort into making that women's division something to be proud of. I mean, we got Trish Stratus back the other day, so love me in- some Stratus back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, we've got some incredible stuff going on. It's the first pay-per-view in the UK in a long time. It's in Cardiff. It's in Wales. So it's not it's not England where Paige is from, but she's really close to it. It's been a long time. She kind of just have to be home turf. Yeah, she's disappeared for a little bit. But recently she started popping up in some 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 bits of information from some other wrestlers. Uh, there's Has been a picture. There's been a picture of her with uh, Stephanie McMahon that came out relatively recently. I have not um, seen that picture, Chris. Are you serious? Yep. Yep. Uh, it seems oh, like you're getting me excited for this wishful thinking. It's, I love it's Paige very so much. much. It's very much like uh, the dentist uh, wrestler in AEW posted a picture about M- with MJF. The and dentist M- wrestler. Don't. Yeah. D- you mean I Dr. forgot her name. Britt Baker. Yeah. It's <laughs> Don't my disrespect last name. her. I, I forgot. I love her. I think she's incredible. I just Apologize her name left to me. Baker right now. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I am so sorry, doctor of dental medicine, Britt Baker. That dentist wrestler. It's so fire that she's a dentist as well. That's so cool. Um, Anyway, so she she posted a picture on her Instagram, a story of her and MJF, uh, an old picture. So not one that's like right now. And then immediately took it down, which started a lot of rumors of MJF coming back, which, you know, that's a complete separate issue. Stephanie McMahon did something similar. A picture of her and Paige popped up on the internet. She took it down immediately. No one's really talked about it. It's very interesting to me. Um, so I think that Paige could come back. Paige would be a 
powerhouse in the women's division. Now, the oh, one that yeah, I, I am, the one that I am almost 100% sure is going to happen. And I think it's going to happen between the match of Seth Rollins and Riddle. I think Randy Orton is going to come back. And I think Randy Orton is going to come back and he is going to absolutely pummel Rollins or even scare Rollins enough for Riddle to actually do something, which hurts me very much. I love Randy Orton. I love Rollins. Rollins is very top tier for me. But this Riddle Rollins something, it needs something. Otherwise, it's going to get so old so fast. (laughs) I agree. I will will agree with you that I think Randy Orton is coming back because, one, back what I said earlier about Cody Rhodes being there, it will legitimize that pay-per-view even though it's not in the States. Two, I think if it did happen, my opinion would be that he would probably help Riddle win the match against Rollins, and then as soon as they're celebrating, he turns on Riddle, and then boom, that's the storyline right there. I would love that a lot, actually. I think... I think he could either come back and go right back to RK Bro, or he could come back and uh, RK Bro could break up for it. I think that's. I think RK Bro has to break up at this point. They are great, I think so. but I think they have to break up, and then they can come back later. They can always yeah. come back later. I, I think so because Riddle, the only thing that's kept him like going right now is my best bro, Randy. Or like his new 3D animation thing, which I don't really like that WWE does that. I don't think that most of them look good. You're talking um, about the CG entrances? Yeah, I don't like those. No, no they're, the Oscars is the worst with just the yeah. mask chilling. Oh, I we'll agree. get to that in another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, his his thing is like, now it's like a Viper with the, the snapback. And like, Riddle has got to be able to like, they have to let Riddle stand on his own two feet again. Because Riddle's a really cool dude. Um, and I loved him with Randy, but I don't love him missing Randy. I think it's gotten, I think it's gotten old. I'll agree with that. I will, I will absolutely agree with that. I'm sorry, I'm eating pizza right now. Um, <laughs> you're good. I've been snacking on fries. <laughs> uh, I think, I think if Randy does come back, he's he's 100% turning on Riddle because I think that's the that's the natural conclusion to this is that he turns on riddle and then riddle becomes a serious like you said kind of standing on his own two feet and riddle is great when he's on his own he really is and he's great when he's with randy riddle's awesome this is i think i th- I agree with you i think randy will come back i would like to see him come back i'll put it that way because he's been how long has he been gone it's been a long time But, uh, Chris, that was it. That was Then Now Next, our first episode. Uh, you already said how you feel about it. You said maybe it'll be better. Do you think it went wrong? Do you think it went bad? I think it was solid. I think my maybe it'll be better was a fun little joke that I thought was very funny. Hmm, it hurt my feelings a little bit. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No, this was super fun. And before... Just before we say our goodbyes, I want to go ahead and tell you the next match I want you to do your homework on. Yes, sir. Okay. So, the next match I want you to watch is very iconic, very memed, and I I, I already know you know some of the parts of it, but you, ha- you have told me you haven't watched it from bell to bell, and I honestly think it's important for you to. I want you to watch Undertaker versus Mankind at King of the Ring 1998, the infamous Hell in the Cell match. Mm-hmm. 
Again, I know you've probably, I know you've seen it, and I know you've seen it meme to death, but watching it from bell to bell is a different beast entirely. I will let you know the only thing I have seen of this match, the only thing, is Undertaking throwing Mankind off the top. That is the only thing I have seen of you the entire match. You have not seen match. anything else other than nope. that. that. Holy is shit. This is, that you're gonna fucking on, love it. That was on a YouTube video I watched about, I think it was one that WWE put out, where it's like the craziest moments in WWE. Yeah, pro- they and, probably uh, named it like the OMG moments or something fucking stupid Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Because the, t- the top, for some reason, was the ring breaking. <laughs> but, Dude, yeah. ring breaking is so stupid to me, except for SummerSlam. That was really awesome. But, yeah, I can't believe you haven't seen anything else other than that in this match. I have never seen a non-TNA uh, Mick Foley. Wow. Holy shit. Okay, I'm going to update my list then, because there are some fucking bangers you got to watch of this man. I, I, That's I what know... I want you to watch. <laughs> okay, got it. I know about Mick Foley. I know the the personality thing. The dude uh, love and mankind. and Yeah, Cactus, Cactus Jack. Jack. I have never... I've seen some of the stuff he did before he went to WWE and WWF, whatever. I, whenever he was like just Cactus Jack, I've seen some of that, but I've never seen him in like top promotion kind of stuff. Oh, this is exciting. There's a lot of stuff you could. We can, we can honestly, we can honestly just do a podcast about you watching Mick Foley. It's so awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I want you to watch. Uh, I know with the CM Punk and Cena match, it was very important for you to watch the vignettes. It is not important for you to watch anything else other than that match. Okay. Just from bell to bell. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, after the bell rings, you might want to watch a little bit of it. Watch it from when the first wrestler, I forgot who it is, whether it's Taker or Mankind. Oh, it's Mankind. Watch it from when Mankind enters the your frame to when both wrestlers are gone because there's just shit happening. Okay. It's so good. Take extensive notes and we will talk about that next time on Then Now Next. See you in the next. See you in the next. We were then. (laughs) We were now. And now we're moving on to the next. (laughs) It's fucking stupid. (laughs) I love it so much.